episode of the Musician's Journey podcast. We're listening to Juodos Gulbes by Mainuo with text and music by today's guest Liepa Kaslauskaite. If you want to support this podcast, you can give me a tip through my page on coffee and I'll link to it in the show notes. The songs in this episode are from Mainuo's YouTube channel and not from their upcoming album. My name is Ragnil Wesenberg and I hope you'll enjoy this episode. So, I'm Liepa. I'm originally from Lithuania and uh, I'm mostly doing science and music, now mostly science, but I also want to find time to pro music. So, yeah, I think that's all. I mostly identify as an artist and as a scientist. <laughs> Studying biology in Basel. Yeah. Can you... Tell me a little bit about how your musical journey started. Um, well, I think, I mean, I was learning music when I think I started when I was 12. When I was always like thinking maybe I want to study music. And I was always like in between if I should maybe drop my science studies and study music. But I think that I was afraid to. I thought well, I don't want to be a music teacher. I think I don't like, I don't really like working with children. I like like teaching and working with, I mean, maybe teenagers, but mostly, I guess, young adults are probably the people I really like to work with. So I was a bit afraid because of that to go into music. And also because I was, I was, actually learning to play instrument which is like folk instrument it's called kankles and it's kind of a i think you saw it it's a bit 
kind of a horizontal harp with many strings. And I thought like, oh, but where, what would I do with it? Like in, there are no orchestras or only folk orchestra which are playing music I don't really like. I kind of like approaching with instrument a bit differently. So I decided that I want to go more into biology because like learning new things, it's like interesting. And yeah, and then I guess it's maybe I'm not sure how it will go eventually, but in, maybe it was even good for my music because instead of like learning particular pieces, which I didn't have time to do, I started more going towards improvisation. And then I just started playing with other people because I wanted to have that kind of, um, I don't know, creativity together. And... Then we started playing and then somehow it developed and now I think it developed into much more than I expected and now we are just, I don't know, kind of trying to finalize things and make all the story we made through these years. But it's again a bit difficult because I'm now not in Lithuania and all the people we are in Lithuania. Yeah, so it's kind of, yes. Do you manage to work together remotely anyway? Uh, no, not really. I, I actually, I'm trying to push for that. And now I'm working, I think there was like five, six people in our band, but now I'm working with, with one person just to, to work on the compositions, to finish it, and then go to like ask other people for like who are singers or cellists or, or whatever. And I'm trying to like do my parts on composition and ask for my friend to do his parts like separately. But it's somehow like from my side it's working and from your side, I think for him it's very important to have that interaction. And when it's not happening, it's just somehow difficult. So yeah, I don't know. I'm looking for a way to approach it, but now I can only work. We can only work when I'm back to Lithuania. So Corona time was quite useful for us, actually, <laughs> in that sense. Yeah. Because I could spend time back in the time. Yeah. Working on uh, the first album, which is called? It's called, in Lithuanian, it's called Apioshri. And uh, I don't know, uh, it translates somehow like it's just when, you know, it's still... After the night, it's still dark, but it's getting to, it's going to become light very soon. Our album is exactly about that. It has quite a lot of darkness, but a darkness which actually holds hope. Yeah. It's kind of a journey when you have to go like back, like deep down and just go down into a beast to meet your shadow. And when you kind of yeah, I don't know. It's, it's you meet your shadow yeah. in the Jungian sense. Yes, I've, yes. Uh, well, this album is quite a lot of influence by Jungian philosophy. At the beginning of our like band, we quite often also had our rehearsals in the house of one friend who is not a musician, but he meets a lot of young, and we used to discuss these things and. I think in our album, the, one of the things which like really are in the Indian sense from that 
once we discussed that uh, when you go, like the, basically that children are born from the hell in the sense when you have to go back to the hell in something that's the most painful, the most dark, and only here you can something new can be born. So, so this is, and this album is a lot of about that transformation. So that is one of the main parts of the album. Yeah, and then there are other things because it's a lot of also about how to how to be connected with um, like really Lithuanian folk music. And so. Yes, but in some way, all the album is kind of a transformation, but also in every songs, every, every, each song is like a, a small transformation itself. And it's very interesting because we were not intending to do it like this. It just kind of happened. And then all these songs, we just, it became very clear, like the order of the songs of how they have to go one after each other. Yeah, I I was really enjoying uh, earlier today listening to the songs you have on YouTube. Although you say that that's not really the aesthetics that you are working mm-hmm. with now, but in those songs as well, I could uh, get this feeling of something that goes under the surface and into the dark and mm-hmm. uh, and gets familiar with things that we often shy away from mm. yeah it's uh, it's just beautiful music i like it a lot and i'm really really looking forward to hearing your album oh that's very good to hear yeah yeah <laughs> i always feel motivated when people say that we are waiting for the album yeah when i know that we have to make it <laughs> yes uh, so you uh, write some text uh, yes, yes, I do write lyrics. All the lyrics? Uh, yeah. Where do you get this inspiration from? Uh, I think it really depends for each song. Actually, some of the songs, they come partly from dreams. Um, so some of them were connected. They're actually, I feel they are too much connected with what I was going through at these times. Uh, at some point, I even kind of almost didn't want to continue with the album because it was it was my past. It's like I went through that, and now I kind of have to again come back, so I can I have to to finish it. But yes, and also it's interesting because some of the songs, like they have some I don't know some parts of Lithuania. Or some parts of the people I was working with. For example, one song, which is called uh, The River of the, of the Spirits. It, it was based, like, in Lithuania. I don't know how it's, like, for example, in, in Sweden or... In, but in Lithuania, we have on uh, November 1st, the day of, the, like, all the saints. And... Uh, it's kind of a day when people go to the to the graveyards and they put little candles, and uh, it's actually very beautiful because it has that uh, that connection with with the dead, which which is like I don't know how to say, but like it comes more from the really ancient times when people I think we were closer to that, and it's the dead was like. Uh, 
not the end, but as the transformation. And for example, in the folk songs, you can find the same symbols for the for the birth, wedding, and the death, and it's kind of, all of these are some kind of transformations. And then that connection with the death and all of these these candles on the graveyards, we somehow put you, I don't know, uh, very warm feeling actually, and feeling of a connection with your past. And uh, basically, that song is based on that vision and also on the my friend who was also like. Singing in our band, she sent me uh, actually the the video of uh, one performance when people just were having these old spinning wheels and they were spinning and spinning. And she sent me that video, and I felt like, oh, that is really like you know these lomas. There are some kind of Lithuanian witches who are like are called lomas, and they are spinning these wheels. And then basically that song it developed of on these these two like visions. Yeah. Or the, another time was when we were I was playing with with Adamas, another like the, the one who is playing Bansur Flute, actually, in those songs. We were playing in the streets, and he was playing uh, the Indian Raga, which is uh, called Moon Raga. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with, like, Indian classical music, but basically all these ragas, you kind of really have some some sense of that specific time or specific, uh, I don't know how to explain, but like the the moon raga, it kind of represents the essence of the moon, or the morning raga represents the essence of the morning, and we sound actually the best at the, the times we are destined to sound. And he was playing that moon raga, and I just saw that beautiful vision, how the the tree of the moon, it just grows up out of like all this masonry of the city, and and it was the time when basically the, the song of the mother of the moon just it just started. Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of these things. I usually I never sit and write anything. I think just by force. Yeah. Things come to you when you are outdoors and walking somewhere or sitting somewhere or yeah. looking at something. Mm. Yes, usually. And your songs, they they usually have a text and some chords, and then it goes into improvisation. Um, well, we used to do quite a lot of improvisation, especially in the beginning, even at the concerts. But now we are really trying to put it like very particularly, because well, improvisations are good, but yeah, I think we were also used a lot of improvisation because we didn't have time to put it properly. And also the structures of the songs were maybe kind of a bit different of what we are used to here. So I think at the beginning, like maybe we didn't have a clear vision of how to, to make it. So you just go to the concert. You don't know when you are going to finish the song and, and when you just play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by the way, I don't know if you listened to the one song which is from the concert from the Carnelia. It's actually very interesting in a way because we only rehearsed it like two of us, me and Thomas with the flute, 
and all the other people I I didn't know if we were going to join during the concert, but eventually we all joined and then it just was something like improvisation, which is good, but when it doesn't sound uh, like professionally enough and it's not always in tune and not always in correct rhythm, so yeah, I'm not sure if I hope yeah. it's <laughs> Yeah, and usually if you improvise, I think at least it's important to like define who is going to improvise at which part. Then it can be good otherwise. Well, yeah, it's nice, but it's a bit of a mess. I know. I personally don't want to do that mess anymore. I think we are beyond beyond that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have to put more structure. And in Lithuania, you have your uh, uh, venues that you are welcome to perform in and you have some people who like to come and see you whenever you play? Or In Lithuania, yes. Well, we haven't done no concerts for quite a while. I think from the time the corona started. But yeah, I think there are some people who like our music. Basically, I think it's especially the folk communities. But right now, I yeah, I don't know how other people from my band and I are thinking. But like personally, I am more focused on the album and don't want to play into the concerts until we make it like into like better quality than it was before. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a I think point of a transition when we have to think how to how we want to move forward. And the first step is to make an album, then we can think of in what format we want to perform these pieces. Yes. Can you say briefly what separates computational biology from biology? <laughs> it's not like it separates. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so it's the difference between computational and non-computational? Um, just... No, uh, what I am doing, so uh, I'm not sure what I'm doing. It's <laughs> a simple question. But just computational biology is basically, it's it's very broad term. There are many things under the umbrella, like bioinformatics, which is all about uh, analysis of the sequencing data, for example, when are all these like data science approaches like how how you work with the huge amounts of data which are generated nowadays but also there are things like like system biology which also very broad field like taking the system as a whole and trying to infer how 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 to look at it but also by by simplifying it sometimes just taking a small part of it and really looking at how it dynamically behaves so so there's actually very very broad field and yeah uh, yeah I, I'm more, more focused on more specific things but it's it's just a bit I, I don't want to go into <laughs> specificities <laughs> I, I think it just might just get confusing um does your fellow students know that you are making music as well? Oh uh, well, not not everyone. My friends know it, and people in the master program. I think I I don't have that many friends in the master program. That's just because 
just how the program is. We are taking very different courses, so like, yeah. And also because of Corona times, I didn't make that lot of connections. Yeah. So, but people who know me, they, they, they know that I make music also. Hmm. There is something mysterious and magical about the lyrics you write and the music you're making. Can you say more about the influences? For the music and the lyrics, are you inspired by certain books or? Um, so I, I think it's two main inspirations. I would say. So first one, I think I already mentioned. It's like all Misiengian philosophy, and in some sense also how it was kind of came very practically into my life just by visions and how those visions can actually work as, as a transformative force. So it's a lot of about thinking in visions in that sense. And yes, all the Jungian philosophy about like shadow, how do these two opposites connect? Like, for example, one song is about the witch and the girl, which are like really kind of your ego and your shadow. But another influence is folk music. And for me, it's most like Lithuanian folk music. And uh, yeah, especially I think sometimes in some of the, in quite a lot of the folk songs, we especially have these parts, which like they are re- repetitive, like Lelumoy or Lilo. And there sometimes we sometimes you don't even know their meaning and it's kind of uh, difficult to find it. But we are kind of, I think we are some kind of, you know, these words, we are some kind of magical, magical words which you repeat. For example, one word which is Lelumoy and it's usually in the songs which are traditionally people used to sing these songs in the times like, you know, autumn and until the the Christmas when it's kind of a how it's called in English when the longest the longest night and shortest shortest day is kind of a turn in winter solstice, right? Solstice. Yes. Yeah. yes. So it's kind of a visle lumoi. It's uh, and it, in that sense it's kind of a calling the sun to come back, for example. And Yes, so I think this like overall that approach of the of the folk songs of being connected of the nature and being connected with these these cycles of the, of the nature. I think it was also one of the on the influence because that yeah I, at least I personally find those songs to be really about some kind of a magical connection with the nature, maybe not magical, but yeah, they really usually represent some kind of an essence of what is around. Yes. Mm. I wanted to see something else, something beautiful, but I forgot now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something more about beautiful folk music. Yeah, mm. really, ah, I remember. It's actually... 
yeah, when we started to play with our band, like me and the Domus, and I think other people, some other people at least, we were like really fascinated by impress impressionistic music, like the, the period of impressionism. And when you play folk instruments, you you can't really play these pieces from like. Uh, Debussy, for example, because there's just too many changes between the chords and like all these chromatism and alterations. It's just impossible because you have your like seven notes and it's difficult to switch. So in some sense, we, I think, still took like in that, in that style of like impressionistic music, uh, you can also really feel like the feel the rivers, feel the trees, and so on. It's kind of also about really connection. And for me, folk music, in some way, it has like the similar, just more ancient sense of really capturing the mood of your surroundings, of, of the time of the year, of the evening, of the morning, of the forest. Yeah, and just doing it in a like very, very simplified way of like, yeah... I think that's usually became one of the reasons why we, I don't know if you noticed, but many of our songs here are written either on, or on one chord or on the two chords. It's, yeah, and very, very simply, but not very essence. focused on menstruation and I'm curious if you have something to say about how your menstrual cycle in any way affects your music making? Uh, I'm not sure if that really affects that so strongly. I don't know. Sometimes I just get a bit more things into my in my moods and in the second part of the month it's maybe a bit more like down and less creativity and humor just to I don't know lay in my bed and not be creative but it's not not always the case it sometimes a bit affects my voice I guess yeah but there are other things which affect it more so it's, it's not the main influence I would say yeah this uh, spring I started to invite people home for a little cello concert once a month uh-huh. and I 
I had this idea during the time of ovulation when I was feeling invincible and like, oh, what can I do? What, everything is possible. Of course, I have to arrange a concert at home and film it and invite people, you know. And so I, I was aware that I had this extra energy from being at the ovulation time in the cycle mm. so I also decided to schedule the concert for that time <laughs> oh it's very good actually for for me I think I think that I maybe probably not so I think perceptive of my cycles I never really like uh tracked it properly and I think only in recent two years because before I was usually having like really mood swings which would last for four months. So I, I didn't really notice like this every month cycle. And now that I'm a way more stable, I'm starting to notice what it really affects. But yeah, I'm not so, so aware of it. It would be interesting actually to, to see how it changes during a month. Yeah. <laughs> schedule concerts accordingly. <laughs> And your work accordingly. Well, that's a, it's a bit of a luxury to be able to do that. Um, and uh, this orchestra audition I have is also at a pretty good time of the, mm. of the month. So that was lucky for me, but I can also access a really good place during the week of menstruation. Then I can feel so grounded and really mm-hmm. really relaxed and bring out something that I feel comes from a place of authenticity uh-huh. but in this audition for the orchestra I need to play Haydn in D major which is uh-huh. which is not at all menstruation energy it's a, <laughs> it's just really happy and light and very active Lots of little little things happening all the time, but it's just uh-huh. it, it's kind of like a joke or a play. Uh-huh. It feels like a carnival or something like this. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm grateful that uh, I won't have to do that during my period. That would feel uh, completely wrong <laughs> to, to yeah. do. Yeah. That's very interesting. Achieve as a musician? 
Uh, I'm not sure if I, I usually don't think in the terms of what I would like to achieve. I try to think in very small terms because otherwise I feel overwhelmed and I feel like, oh, I should quit music and what I am doing here. So it's best to focus on, on what is at hand. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, now I would really like to make the album and make it it's nice, uh, nice enough for other people to like because if I'm trying to make it in the way and as I like it probably would be too much. I think here is where perfectionism goes to, to badly. Yeah. And then I would really like if it would be possible, for example, to maybe even find somebody who could help us to, to organize the concerts. Because I think that the music, it, it has a potential. And if we are like careful of like making our program and in a good way, it could be like, yeah, it could be interesting. I think I would like, would love, for example, to just go not even in Lithuania, but to, to other countries and just like play that music. Because I think it's, it's really for me also about sharing the things which are quite, um, very special in the sense that we really about like, the, like my culture, the culture of, of Lithuania and you can really feel it. So yeah, I would like to, to go and share it. And there were a lot of other things and songs I have in my mind that I just, just have to really, do it step by step and, and not spread myself too much. And also, I personally don't know how to, for example, I don't know, I also want to go more into the science and do my PhD and then I want to somehow combine these two things because I feel like if I don't do music and anything, nothing makes sense and nothing is important because I just need to have that, that part. And on the discussion, how to combine it, how to find the time, how to organize the time, how to really ground that creative energy and just in very organized and step-by-step way. I'm really trying trying to learn that now. Yeah. If uh, computational biology was music, how would it sound like? Well, computational biology is a very <laughs> broad field. Um, I think we... Did we ever spoke about how the, like, all these interactions in the nucleus, like the sound? I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because I think even the song we, we were recording, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if we spoke about the, the story I probably told you, but that was really connected with the science section. Okay. <laughs> It was very beautiful because at these times I was actually reading a lot about the... Now I'm not sure where to start to explain. <laughs> yes, but biology often sounds like a music. Uh, and actually now I feel like I'm actually in the, in the biology. I am mostly interested and mostly fascinated by things which are like... You know, they have some, some elegance and they, you can really hear the sounds, not, not like hear the sound, but just see the sounds. 
I don't know how how do you approach a music by by seeing or hearing, because like I think that for me it's like in a music it's mostly when you you see something and when it just at some point transform it into the sound. So in the science when some of the ideas you really can look at it and look like oh all these you know they are so biology so complex the cells are so complex and how how all these things, molecules and so on interact together and how these like translate into, for example, in development, how it translates into like embryo growing and forming some patterns. It's just really, I don't know, like a dance and like a music. And and yeah, it's it's very beautiful. Also, yeah, oh, I could talk a lot about it. <laughs> I actually want to, I want, I want to tell you one very, very beautiful thing. Like, um, recently, I, I think that my interest, interest in science, we are like mostly localized now on like development biology, how this actually everything arises from like, like one of the cells and how it's like formed into patterns. It's very interesting because for the organism to form, many things have to be like very organized and they have to happen at a specific time at a specific place. And it's, it's still not understood how it's, it's done. And uh, there was one very, very incredible article, which was, was really about yeah, it was really about in, in the biology there in the development there are like these these specific phase which kind of uh, oscillate and it's like a clock and uh, imagine when you have like some molecule and you have like these concentrations of it changing during the time so it, in that sense it just become like an like an oscillations like going in the cycles if I can tell it like this. And it, it was very beautiful because we just looked at the two of these pathways, two of the different kind of oscillations, and we looked how they going. Imagine like we are going as a wave, like you have um, some, I don't know, some kind of a tissue, some kind of, a, you know, cells. And when there's like this wave sweeping through it, and it's very interesting because it's kind of um you have two waves and when it's going a bit bit faster and when it's going a bit slower, so at some point we are a bit of diverge. And yeah, I don't don't know if I'm a bit confusing, you know, but just that is very beautiful, but I don't know, it just had kind of a vision, you know. It's really about about like the in the Hindu philosophy, there's actually this, uh, we have this uh, lila, which is kind of a game that uh, God plays with himself. And now I might be explaining it in the wrong way because I know almost nothing about it. But just imagine that God is playing like hide and seek and he just like make taking different masks and everything is, it's like a very beautiful dance. And in that way, it's just so beautifully connected with, you know, at dance, because when you look at all these patterns being formed and organisms being developed from a single cell, it's really about how, you know, a god. And I always see that vision of the god 
who is dancing like in the form of a young Elvish girl <laughs> in the springtime between the, the white trees. It's very, it's very light. It's like light and beautiful, and she just dances, and in that dance, everything is form, and it's so beautiful. And and then in the end, you know, it seems like the. I think it's all it's kind of in that sense can imagine that everything is connected and like everything the universe like made patterns and at some point we, these patterns kind of give rise to all the beautiful structures and then at some point we just like turns into a turmoil and like all the chaos like for example all these climate crisis and so on and all these patterns which are like we are building and but even that turmoil is, is in that sense very beautiful in the same way like how development eventually turns around to the body and that body just basically all the same mechanism which just gets a bit desynchronized and when it just results in the aging and yeah it's kind of a beautiful, but for me it's beautiful to look from a perspective of how it arises. Yes, it's really a music. <laughs> lectures and he likes oh, actually, to yeah I was reading his book <laughs> oh, yeah 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 <laughs> which one uh beyond theology it's actually actually the book which I for, I think that book is one of the reasons how eventually like uh, the vision of the dancing Kelvish girl which like I was having for quite some time really got related to the to the game of the god hide and seek and to the to the, to the scientists. It's a very beautiful book. I would love to read that. Yeah, I really like when he talks about this aspect of Hindu philosophy and mm-hmm. yeah, that we are living in the last uh, <laughs> last yeah. period of uh, yeah. one of these uh, cycles. It's uh, something I can relax in mm. in yeah. some kind of a strange way. There is... Yeah. A lot of, yeah, there's just acceptance in it. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's the same for me. I found it so relaxed. I don't know. I I finally found acceptance, I guess, in that that sense, in my seeing as a dance. Yeah. Yeah. Because before, 
Yes, it's just really. <laughs> it's just really beautiful way to look at all the climate crisis and all the and everything that might happen. I think, uh, yeah, a lot of people are probably going through their own journey of uh, coming to terms with everything happening in the world, mm. and uh, I think that this sense of uh, urgency can really bring out a lot of yes. creativity and art. Mm. Yeah, I found Alan Watts's lectures as a podcast without any cheesy music to it. That was uh, amazing. So that was a podcast called uh, The Pathist Voice. But but voice? Pathist. Ah, okay. And there are lots of Alan Watts' lectures from the 60s. So thank you, whoever makes that. I will send you a book. I actually have a PDF. Oh yeah, he's, he's actually good at writing. I, I think he's also good at giving lectures, but he's also good at writing. He probably wrote his lectures, don't you think? Maybe I don't know. Well, anyway, yeah, I just have his book called "Still the Mind," which is an introduction to meditation. Um, uh, would you like to share? Some of your daily routines. How do you start your day? Oh, if I follow my routine, <laughs> mm-hmm. then uh, I like to start now. I try to start by running, actually, a bit, or at least dancing for a <laughs> for a few songs, um, and then I just eat something and drink coffee with reading a book. I just usually read for a half an hour in the morning, yes. Yeah, before starting my work. What time of day is your uh, creative time? Mornings are, are more creative for me. Sometimes also evenings, but yeah, but mostly like morning until the uh, midday, maybe something like this. Do you have your uh, instrument with you in... Basel. I forgot uh, what it's uh, called again. Uh, it's Kantless. Kantless? Uh, yeah, I have one, but I have a, a, a small one. I think you saw a, a bigger one. Yeah. And now I have like really, really folk, folk, blue folk one with like on the 12 strings. I would like to have more instruments, but you know, moving around. Yeah. <laughs> Do you improvise a bit on a daily basis? No, I, right now I, I'm not really improvising. Right now I'm actually trying to, to sing every day. Yeah. I started singing because I started to sing in the concerts and then I understood that I would better just, just learn a little bit so it's not so, so terrible. <laughs> so yeah, so now I'm singing. Have you taken lessons with someone who showed you some some exercises? No, <laughs> I would like to because I'm not sure if I'm doing it uh, the right way. But yeah, I mean, I got some advices from some of my friends who who are singers, but mostly I just messed a little bit around and found some YouTube videos and some exercises on the YouTube, and eventually it actually started working. But the lessons could have been more efficient and better, I guess. Yeah. 
I would like to take, but now when I am not in Lithuania, I could only do it like online. And that's not about that. So you will uh, at some point go back to Lithuania and finish the album. Do you know when that will be? Um, I'm planning to to do some work. I think we will probably won't be able to finish, but in the autumn, like in the, I think in the beginning of November, I will go. Is there anywhere people can listen to your? Oh, you haven't said what your group is called yet. Um, it's called Mainua. Mainua. Do, I, do we need to explain it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's um, it's a kind of a derivation made of two words. One is Mianua, which means moon in the Lithuanian language. And then we put it instead Mianua into Mainua because there's like the verb Mainitis, which means to to change. So it's kind of a, I think it's it's about the changes, about the transformations, and also about the the, the cycles of of life and cycles of of the nature. Is there anywhere we can listen to that music now? Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I send you. <laughs> I think, <laughs> which is public and which I, I don't completely like it yet. But you mean the YouTube channel? Yes, yes. Otherwise, oh, it's it's just beautiful the music you have there. Oh, thank you. Are you thinking uh, in any kind of business-like way? Are you gonna make a website or are you gonna promote yourself in a way? <sighs> yeah, well, I'm thinking, but it's not like. I don't really know how to move around it. And right now I don't have time actually for that. But yeah, I I would like to do it. Because for now we don't have a website. We actually had once uh, on Facebook, we had our page. But now it's a bit deleted. And I have to re- redo it. And then maybe think of strategies, which are, are important, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how do you do it with your band? Do you have any advices? Can we have, uh, like, you know, separate session for advice in music business? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is a podcast. I don't know if it would be interesting to you, but it's called the Gigging Musician Podcast. And it has some really concrete, useful, inspirational tips. Mm-hmm. And this year I made an Instagram account. I was pretty late because the whole that whole world just seemed really big to me before. And now it's a good place to discover things or be discovered by, well, people, I guess. Ah, okay. So, uh, yeah, sometimes someone writes me and asks me about something uh, because... I have a profile as a cellist or a, uh-huh. or for my podcast and uh, with my band I can um, see that oh there is a venue with an Instagram account and I can write them there as my band and getting mm. get in touch with them that way yeah I like to listen to a podcast when I'm cycling or walking because then the Physical activity makes it easier to absorb what I'm hearing and to put it yeah. into the context of how yeah. 
can this be useful for me or my band? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it's really great also to talk to friends who are doing the same or have been doing the same for a long yeah. time because I'm so new, but I know people who have been touring musicians for years mm. and to ask them how they got to that place can be motivational. Yeah. Yeah, I think for many, probably, artists, it's not the easiest things. Yeah. <laughs> we would like just to, you know, create and don't know what you're about. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, actually, I'm, one of the things why I was happy about studying, like, in the, even in Switzerland, and especially before, I was just very recently moved into Basel, and Basel is creative and colorful city, but before I was living in Zurich, which is really, I don't know how to say, it's really like kind of a business city. Yeah. When, when you live in it, you just feel like uh, over a uh, legend of this, but somewhere in the mountains, the soul of the Zurich is chained and once in a full moon, it just comes down and just roams the streets. So it really, like, it feels like you just where where is the soul of the city but for me I really felt and also I think in also in my university I study it's somehow really required for me to a little bit develop the way to to structure my my time but also I don't know why but I start feel that sense of them now I'm kind of interested of really I don't know, really understanding the way things work and the way even from a business part of the things work, like in music. And before it was really, no, I hate that. I don't want to do that. But now I'm just kind of interested. And just, <laughs> I think I was really impacted you know, by, by my studies and by, by the city. <laughs> It's good influence, I would say. I am black that side. <laughs> but you have several people in your group. I'm sure there's someone who would be interested in uh, carving out a strategy for the uh, whole group. There's usually yeah, well, no, not really. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. And especially now, I think it probably people. Some of the people will change because just of like different interests on them. For example, some just really need that kind of um, creativity which happens being together and just creating together, which won't work from a logistical perspective of me being far away. So I think it will change probably many things. And uh, the one who I'm working mostly now, he's a bit against all these things and just don't want to meddle with it. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I will have to be the one who says, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it works. Let's do it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I can find someone, you know, outside. Actually, I think I, one of my friends, I think he once expressed that he would like to, to help with these things. No, two of my friends, but we are both very, you know, disorganized artists, so I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> if that would work. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea how to, how to move around. Well, the music you're making is a bit of a niche, so I guess the, maybe the first thing to do is to check 
are there any festivals where this music actually fits mm -hmm. in and uh, venues that are welcoming to that music as well oh. or if you should rent the venue and put on your own performance or uh, maybe you yeah. know a similar group that has a bigger audience already and you can maybe open yeah i mean I, i i know actually like in lithuania i kind of know the scene and i know some of the people who are working a bit of especially folk music scene and i think i also know like people who could help to organize our concerts because like would like our music so i kind of have a bit of a plans once we we are prepared to properly move in my direction. Yeah, I really, I feel like now I'm really at the beginning, like both in the science and the music, I feel that I'm kind of specific about what I want, but I don't have like a clear strategy how to, how I could achieve it. So yeah, it's very, very interesting part, I think. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I met Liepa while she was studying biology in Stockholm and we recorded the song in a basement on a cold winter's evening with guitar and tabla, me on the cello and Liepa with her kankles and singing. Whoever the cellist is for my newest upcoming album, I'm a little jealous. Please get in touch with me if you're a dancing fairy witch with a magical folk music instrument living in Stockholm. I'll link to my newest YouTube channel in the show notes and there you'll also find my email address if you have any comments to me. You can also find this podcast on Instagram. The next episode will be number 30 and I'll be talking to an incredibly creative and productive Canadian.